You're listening to the Open Bible Podcast, where we bring Bible truths to basic principles. I'm your host, Richard Moses, and today we are starting a brand new series about a biblical worldview. How to have a biblical worldview. Hey, if you haven't already, do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter at The Open Bible Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts because we want more people to be able to bring Bible truths to basic principles. Now, let's jump into today's show. All right, we're starting a new series today called Having a Biblical Worldview. It's going to be a four-week series, and we're going to look at some big topics and how to have the right type of biblical worldview on that topic. Pastor, it's great to have you back in the studio today. And, well, it's great to be here. I'm excited about this because worldview is so important with everything that is going on. We see many different worldviews today in our society. And for us as Christians, I've seen many Christians get sucked into a, a worldly worldview. Yeah. And that is not good. Mm-mm-mm. Your worldview determines how you make decisions, how you spend money. You better um, believe it. How you vote. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so we just want to talk the next couple of weeks on having a, a biblical worldview. And so we define worldview as a particular philosophy or life conception of how the world works. Example, a worldview is how you look at the world, how you think it operates, and why things happen the way we, uh, the way that they do. Right. Um, there's, for example, uh, you gave the definitions, which is, is good, but, but take a look at the worldview of atheism. Okay. Right? So atheism is a belief that God does not exist. And so then it explains, so if you believe that God doesn't exist, then how does that work out? It explains the creation of the universe and of life as randomness acting over a very long time. So uh, someone says, I don't believe there's a God. Yep. yep. Okay. So therefore my worldview is that this is just, it it all just happened. Um, It's randomness and it just took billions and billions and billions of years. Yeah. Um, but for us as believers in Jesus Christ, for those who know Christ as our savior, our worldview, our philosophy of life is to come from the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I find is that many Christians try and mix the Bible worldview with the worldview of the world, the world's system. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. How can I make this work in today's society instead of how should I be different because of the society that I live in? Correct. Um, so the Bible says in Psalm 1-1, love this verse, blessed is the man that walketh in that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Yeah, he's saying don't live in or by the counsel of those without God. Yep. Okay. We can't be getting the way that we view, for example, um, politics right. from the world. We can't um, take our worldview of how we view uh, finances right. from the world or yeah. how we view marriage, which we're going to uh, talk about here today, yeah. or how we're to view um Buying of homes and buying of things and, and consumer, it should all be based from the word of God. Right. And again, I want to stress, this is so, so important. And my heart is very heavy yeah. um, with this because I see so many Christians today that have been indoctrinated by the world and their views are so 
skewed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't line up. They've been getting their counsel from the, wor- the, from the world. And to be honest with you, uh, I'm just going to come out and say it, all right? I don't care how many letters you have behind your name. Mm-hmm. I don't care how educated you are. Right. If what you say does not line up with the Bible, yeah. or if you're trying to explain the Bible away, yeah. um, it, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, and we say that we say that with honestly full of grace. Right. Um, we say that because we want to help. Not, right. Not because we are trying to put anybody down. No, or, I'm or, for or education, we have a man. We, right. We're all for it. Yeah, we live in the number one education state in the world and in, in the country. Excuse right. me, and, uh, and we're proud of that. Uh, but a biblical worldview does not develop itself in a classroom. A biblical worldview develops its, develops itself every morning on your knees with Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, and so we're going to talk about several subjects over the next couple of weeks uh, about how to maintain a biblical worldview um, when it comes to this certain subject. And today we're going to dive into the subject of marriage. Um, marriage is something that has been completely and totally skewed. Uh, it's been almost six years now since the legalization of same-sex marriage. Um, it's been 2003 in Vermont was the first time that a civil union between a man and a man was was first noticed. Um, since the early 2000s, we have really had the divorce rate in our country on a accelerated path that has just gotten absolutely astronomical. Um, I didn't do any back study on, on that before diving into today, um, but those two things come to mind. But we just want to talk about how to have a biblical worldview between you, your husband, and your wife. And so if this applies to you, great. Uh, if you're single and you're listening to this, hold on to this information. Yep. Let, it, let it be used in your life. Um, in the future, if you've been married for 50 years, you know, don't, don't shut us off. Just please have an open mind and, um, let's talk about this biblical worldview of marriage. So let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about marriage. Okay. And the first thing that we find out is in the first book of the Bible. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that's the, the book Genesis. And really, if you can understand the book of Genesis, it unlocks, uh, it unlocks yeah. the rest of scripture. Genesis is foundational. That's why Genesis has to do with beginnings. Okay. Right. right. So what is uh, God starts right in the very beginning. It, it happens in the second chapter. Okay. The Bible tells us that God established marriage. So marriage is God's institution, not man's. Yeah. Why don't you read for us Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And he brought her unto a man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall man, man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. God establishes marriage by giving Adam a woman to share his life with. He called God called her his help meet, um, someone to help meet the needs of Adam. Um, and so although man sets a lot of rules and regulations and passes a lot of bills about marriage, yeah, marriage is not something for man to define. It's something that God created. Yeah. And he's, he has, um, already defined that. We're going to take a look at that, but do you know why, um, uh, uh Eve is called woman? I was gonna, I didn't know you were going to go here. Yeah. I know exactly why. Why? 
Because when first time, the first time Adam saw her, he said, "Whoa, Whoa man!" man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I, you guys didn't know that, I mean, that's that's basically how it happened. That's that's in the Hebrew. Yep. You've got to parse. You've got to parse that word. Yep. yep. It's "whoa, man," not Whoa, woman. Man. Whoa, man. Yeah. So, but uh, on a serious note, <laughs> God. That was a great segue, by yeah, the way. Was, on a serious yeah. note. Yeah, yeah. God yeah. established marriage. Secondly, uh, since God established it, he has the right to define what marriage is. And God has defined what marriage is. In Genesis 2.24, it says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. That right there. The Bible says that marriage is exclusively between a man and a woman. Yeah, and um, we don't, we're not going to get too political here or too deep into it, but listen, folks, the facts are the facts, and the Bible lays out the facts for us. And if you've just started following the podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to our very first series on you and your Bible um, because it really establishes everything else that we talk about. Because the be- the Bible is the basis for our life and our practice. Um, and so if it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's not something that we are going to be a part of. And the Bible says clearly that a man needs to leave his father and his mother. So what does that verse do? Number one, it establishes male leadership. Mm-hmm. Number two, it, it shows that man leaves his father and his mother, and they too shall be one flesh, meaning he leaves his mom and dad to reciprocate what his mom and dad have. Mm -hmm. So not, I leave my mom and dad for another dude, Mm -hmm. or I leave my mom and dad for fill in the blank. No, I leave my mom and dad so that I can reciprocate my mom, woman, dad, man. Mm -hmm. Um, And so God established marriage and his purpose for marriage was a man and a woman for one lifetime. Now, I I want to, those of you who may be listening may not know the Lord, and you might be in a relationship, uh, same-sex relationship. Can I tell you, I'm not against you. I'm, 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 I, I may not agree with your position yeah. uh, on marriage. Matter of fact, it's not may. I don't agree with yeah. your position on marriage. But um, I would say, then say, well, then where are we at? What you need is you need Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, you just want to, let's have a conversation. Right. You know, let's start the conversation. Maybe you've never heard about how you can live a life according to the Bible. Right. And um, those who may not be living according to the Bible, we don't need to... Uh, stiff arm them. Yeah, or negate need, them. Yeah. yeah, we need to bring them into the conversation to let them know, look, that that type of lifestyle is not acceptable to right. God. Right. And so therefore, since I base my my life upon the Word of God, it's not acceptable to me, but that doesn't mean that I do not love you as an individual sure. and that I do not want to try and, and help you. I love um, you so much that I want to help you. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, I, you know, marriage is defined by God. I, I, a couple years ago, there was a woman in England who married her dog. That's not marriage in God's eyes. You know, um, she said she was tired of men. Wow. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's it's wow. really, she was tired of men breaking her heart. And the only, the only <laughs> uh, thing that did not break her heart was her, her, her dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, you know. Oh man, that's, All right. just, that's a that's a furry situation. Yeah. A, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I don't free, know if we can uh, pull uh, our uh, way uh, out of that uh, one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Bow wow, buddy. I know this, that's something. I'm flea bitten. That's something. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> so that's that's God's purpose for marriage, and uh, that's His God's definition. system. Yep. That's God's system for marriage: one man with one woman for one lifetime. Yep. All right, let's take a break. 
All right, folks, it's the Rich and Riddell Minute, that time in our show where we talk about everyday life things. And since we're talking about marriage today, we're going to talk about our marriages a little bit. And right. uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, oh let's see how well we know our wives, okay? Let's see. Ooh. You ask me a question about my wife, then I'll ask you a question about your wife. Right? Okay. I'll start it. I'll get it going. Okay. What's your wife's favorite candy bar? Um, peppermint patty. All right. What's your wife's favorite candy bar? <laughs> she actually has two. Take five. Yeah. And one's actually not a candy bar. It's peanut M&M's. Oh, dude. It's, it's the take five for when she's tired of you. Yep. Hey, Rich, take yep, five. Take five. Take five. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. If your wife had a choice, would she choose a road trip or would she choose a uh, plane ride? A uh, road trip. All right. Mine too. Mine yeah. too. Yeah. Right. Uh, what's your wife's favorite color? Wife's favorite color is red. Oh. Wow. Bright red. Wow. Yep. Yeah, what's your wife's favorite color? She doesn't have one. Wow, she likes them all, huh? Yeah, she likes them all. all. Right, there you go. There all you right. go. All right, if your wife could choose, if your wife could choose 15 minutes in space mm-hmm. or 15 minutes in a cave, like a cave that nobody's ever seen before, so underneath the earth, mm-hmm. what would she choose? Uh, oof, I think she would probably choose the cave. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I think my wife would choose space. Yeah. My wife doesn't like heights. Really? Yeah. She doesn't I, like flying. My so. wife likes adventure. She yeah. likes rides. Okay. So I think she'd like the ride. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Would your wife prefer the beach or the mountains? Oh, beach. All day long. Really? All day. She loves the beach. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. That's a little about our wives. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's been the Richard Riddell Minute. All right. Hey, at least it wasn't like the newlywed game. Yeah. <laughs> At least I didn't lose. I don't think I lost. No, we can't lose. Yeah, she'll let me know if we can't lose on our, own, on our own podcast. No, <laughs> but she'll let me know if it's cave. She'll be like, "Oh, it wouldn't be the cave because I like, would be in the we yeah, maze." I'm claustrophobic. She'd I probably say neither. Oh man, she'd be like, "Just kill me now." Yeah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this. Please stop. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So if you're just catching up today, we are uh, having a conversation about a biblical worldview in a series called How to View the World According to the Bible. And today we're talking about a biblical worldview of marriage. We've already established that God defined marriage in the book of Genesis and that he defined marriage as one man with one woman for one lifetime. All right. So uh, what is the purpose of marriage? All right. There is, I'm going to give this to you um, in, in two two parts here okay we're going to take a look first at the primary purpose okay and i believe that according to the the bible um that the primary purpose for marriage is to demonstrate god's love for every man and woman okay married couples um or marriage is a way for married couples to demonstrate their love for god mm. and as we love our spouses Okay. The way that we're called to love, it reflects God's love for us. Mm-hmm. That's really good. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so we are to as we love one another. That's that's to show um, how God how God loves us, and and we understand that God has established marriage, but we understand that He established marriage as a covenant, mm-hmm. not a contract. That is so key to understanding the purpose of your marriage. It really is. The purpose of your marriage is not for your benefit. Correct. Although there's benefits to it. Sure. The purpose of your marriage is for you to live for your spouse's benefit, for you to live in covenant with her or with him so that you can live the life that God has called you to live. Uh, So many times I think we go into marriage thinking, what can I get out of this? Yep. Um, that's why we see things like, you know, a prenuptial agreement, you know, well, if this goes sour, you know, here's what I want. Right. Um, and, uh, we always have this, this thought in the back of our minds, like there's always going to be this out. 
Yes. Um, because it's just contractual. Right. It's just, oh, we just want to do this for tax purposes, or we just yep. want to do this so so I can live in this country, or we just want to do this, you know, fill in the blank. Well, if this doesn't work out, then I'll get another one. Yeah, yeah, it's no big deal because, yeah. you know, there's, there's always, a, you know, uh, there's always a way out because right. it's just a piece of paper. It's no yeah. big, just a piece of paper. Marriage is so much more than a piece of paper. And, uh, man, this could... We could go a lot of ways with this with this conversation right here, but I, I think you know we we have a skewed view of marriage because we have a skewed view of sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, we have given ourselves to a, a world a sexual worldview that says I can be with anybody whenever, whatever, in whatever terms, mm-hmm. and so therefore there's nothing special about marriage because mm-hmm. that's what God intended a marriage to be. Is that's something special you 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 keep for your husband or you keep for your wife, um, and you know this will be good even backtrack on some of this but man marriage is not a contract it's a covenant it's a special thing between you and another person in your life a man and a woman yeah when i've married i've married oh i don't know how many people yeah but when they stand before uh, me they're not only standing before me but they're standing before god yeah that, it's a very that, sacred moment that that's why i that's why personally i only marry um saved individuals um, because I look at marriage as a a covenant between them and God. You right. know, Malachi two fourteen says, "Yet say, yet ye say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and thy wife of thy youth, mm. against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion, and the wife of thy covenant." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, co- a covenant is based on trust between two parties. And a contract is based on distrust. Yeah. A covenant's based upon unlimited responsibilities. A contract is based on limited liability. Correct. And, and a covenant cannot be broken if new circumstances occur. Yeah. A contract can be voided by mutual consent. Man, I'm so tired of you. You're I'm right. so tired of the kids. You're not fulfilling my needs. You're I'm not the man you used to be. I'm not happy anymore. I'm not happy anymore. Yeah, right. because my marriage is based upon my happiness. Right. Man, that's such a unbiblical worldview. Um, and so many marriages suffer because they go into it with a very worldly worldview. Yeah. And so many marriages go into it honestly thinking that, man, this is just a contract. Right. And those of you that have been married for a short amount of time, man, can I encourage you in this way? The first couple of years, it, yes, it's exciting. It's great. Things are happening. But man, those first couple of years is when, man, you ought to pour into that covenant over and over and over and over because from from at least from our experience the first couple of years is where you're really going to build the foundation for the lifetime that is to come yep and uh, we made some decisions early on in our marriage that said you know we're just not going to do certain things or or say um certain things the the word divorce is not a word we use in our home right we we just don't use that word right um you know, it's, you'll get in a, an argument or, or a fight and be like, man, you know, well, I'm just going to let you go. You know, you're, you're, you're not a part of this. That's just not something that we do. Right. Um, there is a way to, to disagree agreeably. Mm-hmm. Um, and if a covenant is something that is for a lifetime, and it is, pour into that covenant as much as you can at the beginning to establish a solid foundation. Now, Pastor, you've been married 28 years, right? 27. 27 years. Yeah. And so where, where have you, now in this season that you're in, I'm still in, you know, the first five, mm-hmm. um, in the season that you're in, you know, where do you find that covenant growing as, as the marriage grows? Uh, I, you, you nailed it. <laughs> I I'm deeper in love with my wife today than I was when I first married her. Yeah. And you hear that over and over again, people, but 
I mean, d- does that mean that we didn't have difficult times? No, we had difficult times. Yeah. Did that not mean that we didn't have to work through things? Yeah, we had to work through things. But can I tell you, when we had to work through things, we didn't uh, sleep on them. We we did not let the anger go down on our right. You know, uh, uh, on the sun. I mean, we would stay up till two or three o'clock in the morning working working things out mm-hmm. because. Um, that's how important our relationship is. I didn't want to give any place to the devil. Right. You know, and so um, my my covenant to my wife is stronger today than it has ever been. And we've got to remember that the marriage covenant is something that is comprehensive and a permanent commitment. Yeah. And uh, we should not take that lightly. Yeah, when times are tough, man, remember that because it's going to be at those tough times where it's easiest to give up. Yep. It's easiest to just, Throw in the towel, if yep. you will. But in a covenant, man, no, you fight. You fight. You know, the Lord fights for your heart. He every day runs after you over and over and over and says, look, my mercies are new every morning. Why? Because you're the bride of Christ. You, he, he believes that you're worth it. He believes that you're, a, you're something that he wants to run after. And so, man, do the same with your wife. Do the same with your husband. Find ways to renew that covenant over and over and over and deepen that love and that relationship with them and don't have the worldview of, well, I can just get out of this if it's not working out. No, no, no. Have the worldview of this covenant is sacred before God. And I want to live it out in a beautiful way. Yeah. So yeah. that's marriage. That's marriage's primary purpose is a covenant. Yep. But then we, we've got a secondary purpose. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to give these quickly. Um, but a marriage has secondary purposes. The problem is many times we make the secondary purposes the primary purpose yeah. in our worldview, and we can't. Yeah. Um, there's companionship. Mm-hmm. That's a secondary purpose. There's enjoyment mm-hmm. through many different avenues. There's uh, fruitfulness, mm-hmm. and then there, there's protection. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to make sure that the secondary, and there's many more. I just listed you know, four or five there. But th- we need to make sure that these secondary purposes do not become the primary purpose. Yeah. Our primary purpose in marriage, in our marriage covenant, is to love each other to dis- as in order to display the love of God that he has for each man and woman. Mm-hmm. So the Bible's view on marriage is clear. And we should make the Bible's worldview on marriage our worldview as well. Mm-hmm. And um, because as believers, what are we supposed to do? We are to stand on the word of God. Yeah, the Bible says the marriage is one man and one woman for one lifetime, no matter what. Yep. All right, folks, you've been listening to the first episode in a series we've entitled How to Have a Biblical World View. Today we've talked about marriage. Hey, if you have any questions about what we discussed today, Send us a direct message on Twitter at the Open Bible Pod or send us an email at podcast at openbiblenj.org so that we can be a better help to you. Do us a favor, give us a like, subscribe to us on YouTube, leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can continue to bring Bible truths to basic principles.